Welcome to a Healing Peace podcast. We strive to create a place where women can come together to talk, grow, be refreshed, and renewed as we navigate life's hurdles. Inside this podcast series, we discuss shaping our identity, where we provide tools for conquering life's waves. Let's dive in. Welcome back to our series, Shaping Your Identity. In our previous episode, we talked about the peace that Christ provides. We talked about him providing peace with salvation, peace with reconciling us to God, and peace in our relationships with one another. And if you were listening, you're probably like, Mayor, yeah, that's good stuff. But you don't know my life. It is not full of peace. Guess what? Today we're going to talk about peace in our journeys with God and how to maintain it when things get a little crazy. And as I said before, we have a guest speaker or friend who's joining us. We're just going to talk and share each other's lives with one another. Her name is Nicole. So Nicole, please tell us about yourself. Uh, Yes, I'm glad to be here. I am a single mom uh, with three beautiful children. I was previously married and um, now divorced. And I am walking with God now for going on 25 years. That's exciting. 25 years in the faith. I can imagine that during that time that you've experienced some ups and downs. But I would like to start talking to you a little bit about your journey in the beginning. What were your hopes and dreams when you first became a Christian? Well, my hope was, because I was currently married, was to be united with my husband, with our children in a Christian household, where I would be the absolute perfect example of what a humble and submissive wife would look like and how a great mom would behave in the household. And I was very, very optimistic about that because I was so uh, encouraged to make the changes that were needed. I saw from my studying how Jesus's life and what God wants for me as a woman. And when I was in the process of Thinking about the changes that I would need to make and correcting all the things that I had done wrong previously, I was excited. I thought that was going to be the perfect equation for the happily ever after in my mind. And then, of course, um, the marriage was going to be something that could be held up for imitation. And so, yeah, that was that was what I wanted. That was what I envisioned as my future. Gotcha. It's kind of interesting because as you shared that, one of the things that stood out to me, which I'm pretty sure our listeners heard and probably was like, is the the understanding of submission and humility. And I know that for me, I didn't grow up in a household where that was being reflected or the idealism of a wife. So how did that become part of your understanding? From reading passages in the Bible, 
uh, became my, is how it shaped my understanding. Because I started thinking of women like Sarah and how she called Abraham her master. And I thought, wow, that would be very different. I, I never looked at my husband in an authoritative role, nonetheless being accepting of it to the point to where I adopted even an attitude of, well, he's my master and I'm happy about that. And so that was very countercultural to what I was uh, familiar with also. So that's encouraging, though, that you saw Sarah as a good role model, because I think sometimes when we think of something that's contradictory to who we are, our first thought is to kind of toss it to the side. But thank you for sharing that portion with us, and I'll just move forward because I don't want people to get discouraged or hurt in the sense of, it's such a hard thing to do, to be submissive and humble. But as you became a Christian and you spent time with your husband and, and these were your dreams for your marriage, did that happen? Well, I have to say they did not. <laughs> not the way I envisioned them. Uh, as I said, Earlier, I'm no longer married, which was totally not in my even mindset when I became this woman of God that I'm, I'm trying to walk as now. I thought, who could possibly leave a woman with those um, attributes? But I am now single and happily uh, still this mother of my three children and that turned out great, and um, my dream of having a quote-unquote perfect marriage is no longer, and I had to really understand what that meant uh, as far as my my partnership in the faith with God and just where he was taking me on that journey uh, because I did not, I knew how he felt about divorce, and now I was going to be considered a divorced woman rather than a married woman in a troubled marriage. And so, yeah, that, that dream went by the wayside. Um, then uh, I dealt with my own struggles pursuing righteousness. That uh, in itself became an eye-opening experience that, hey, I wasn't actually that wife that I envisioned myself becoming, and neither was I that mother even that I saw myself being just going by the biblical principles of what a woman of God should do and how she should carry herself and um, my goals and aspirations. And and so therefore, a lot of my hopes and dreams did not come to fruition the way I hoped them to be. But I have to say, um, I know we'll talk about it later. It was, it was all in God's plan and I'm still walking in his light. And so you, you made this statement about pursuing righteousness, and and I know that your hopes was to be this very, again, humble, godly woman. Did you find yourself in that pursuit of righteousness to be able to be righteous? What were some of the things that you endured where you felt troubled by how you responded and you knew that it wasn't a good righteous behavior? Well, the first thing was my mouth and my attitudes. My attitude directed my speech, of course. 
And so in my interactions with my husband, if he did something or said something that I thought was not quote unquote right, or at least the way I saw them, my go-to attitude was not, well, he's the leader and I will go with his thinking. My attitude quickly reverted back to who I was before I even knew Christ and just understanding what humility was as far as what I had read about in the Bible. It quickly reverted back to uh, I will be humble as long as it's not inconvenient uh, for the circumstance. And therefore, I realized what I was doing was almost being a hypocrite by by having a form of righteousness and that, uh, of course, I would smile and, and, and try to behave as if I knew better. But what was actually happening in the car when it's just the two of us or in the be- bedroom when it's just the two of us away from everyone else, I was being less than humble. I was actually going as far as being, um, what do you call, um, condescending because I had been reading the Bible in places I knew that he had not read before. And I had these deeper understandings of the truth of God where I knew he had not studied the Bible very much. And therefore I could manipulate uh, those scriptures to benefit or to justify what I was thinking and saying at the time even though I later would understand it would be totally sinful and totally just wrong. And so during that time period, did you find it difficult to connect with God? Were you frustrated with God? I was very frustrated. I got to the point to where I did not understand where I stood with God because I recognize my my hypocrisy, but lacked a way out. I felt like God didn't give me a way out of that uh, because I had somehow slipped into it, I felt. And since I thought I was blindsided, I didn't think it was fair of God to expect me to be that way if he wasn't going to seek me through it. And so when I had shortcomings or I missed the mark on righteousness, I would say, well, God made me this way or God should, God will forgive me because he should have corrected me um, before I had the thought or before I had the thought to say what I was going to say. And therefore, I did a lot of deflecting uh, in my marriage and that deflection was geared toward putting it on God because it was easier that way rather than to face my own sinful nature or just me just missing the point of righteousness altogether. And I can imagine during that time, you know, just wrestling with God and understanding of his role in your relationship with your husband and in life in general, and even with your children for that matter. Um, did you feel like you had peace during that period? No, um, there was no peace. Even though I would read my Bible and go to church and have, uh, I was even studying Bible with other women um, that were uh, maybe having similar marital problems and advising them, 
while the whole time my marriage is falling apart and a lot of it had to do with, with me and my struggle with God. Um, that, that, that's one thing though. I, I never stopped, uh, believing that God was going to see me through whatever this madness was. However, I did not understand just how he was loving me at that moment. I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel protected. Um, I actually felt like I was an adversary uh, to God for some reason because nothing was working out the way I had hoped. But um, and then my children, um, they were they were responsive to the to me as far as they were grateful for the woman I had become, which was someone that wasn't screaming and yelling at them constantly and that was actually behaving differently with them, but I would I would lose my 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 goal I would lose my way with them as well after a while of frustration. Normally when it came in the in the view of having problems with my husband and then looking at my children thinking, well, they're only going to be good for a little while and then they're going to be a problem for me. And then I'm feeling like I'm, I'm in it alone. And therefore I was separated from God and nothing I touched or did was going to work out, um, the way I hoped or dreamed. But, um, I will talk about it too later that that's just not how it all worked out. And I'm glad about that. <laughs> I'm glad for you. And as you were saying that, one of the things that I was hearing for me was, man, that's, that's a lot to endure. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of emotional exhaustion, spiritual exhaustion. And I remember a time for, where I endured a lot. And at the end of the day, I told God, I was like, God, I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. And I remember making a statement, I want my peace back. I'm tired of being in this circumstance where life is just beating the mess out of me. It's like, I want more. Mm-hmm. And for you, like, what was that turning point where you were like, hey, I want my peace back. And what were some of the things that you went through to obtain that peace that Christ promises? Well, the, the stages are sort of like mourning the death. Um, you have to mourn the death of my personal uh, freedom that I had, I felt like, attained or was entitled to me. And so, therefore, I I cried. I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, some of it was self-pity. Other parts of it was just physical hurt in my heart. Uh, my heart was literally breaking inside of me and I could feel the pain in my chest as a result. And so I, I listened to other women talk about their struggles and the common denominator is they were crying out to God and it wasn't just like God help me crying out, but literally tears, screaming even and, um, lying prostate what became a thing for me. I would just be, I would end up, start out on my knees crying and just asking God for help and for mercy. And before the prayers were over, I was just laid out crying and just begging God to make it go away. 
and allow me to be his daughter without all the pain. And um, and then it, uh, surrender, saying that whatever your will be done, let it be done. And even if it meant removing me out of the picture, I was okay with that. I just wanted to be right before God because I realized all of my dreams and my goals apparently were not in line with the way God wanted it to play out. So I was ready to give all of that up just to be back at peace. And, and what did you notice in your life when you pursued God in this world? And, and basically just being gut level honest with him. How did he respond to you? He first gave me really uh, a really nice soft spot to land, which was um, with some great women around me. None of them were going through the same thing I went through. I don't believe they didn't tell me. But just to have those women in my life, and there were several, to just talk to. And besides crying and praying to God, I got to be sisters. I'm, I'm not typically a woman that would have a lot of girlfriends. And I still don't consider them girlfriends. I call them sisters on the, on the deepest level because I knew that I could tell them things that were inside of me and uh, without facing judgment or condemnation and having them pray with me then. And therefore, I, I cried less when I cried, I cried out to God, uh, but I nonetheless shed tears, holding hands with them, feeling like I was approaching God um, with my sister and appealing to him. And it just meant so much to me. And I think that was God's um, comfort for me to have someone to go into battle together. I like the term that you use, going to battle. That I think sometimes in our life journey, we try to do things on our own. And usually our strength will only get us so far. And the other thing that I appreciate what you shared is that having those uh, buddies, those women, those sisters who wanted good with you and was willing to fight with you. And so after obtaining and having these relationships and God beginning to restore peace back with you, did you feel like or did your life turn around 180 to the way that you want it to be? Uh, not completely. Uh, my children are awesome. They're adults now, and they are doing really well in this life. And I'm so grateful, despite of who I was uh, with them growing up, they, they, they fared the storm very well. Um, I'm now dating a godly man, which I didn't believe was possible for me. I didn't think I deserved it. But uh, that was a way of God reminding me that he did see me. I used to wonder that. And so definitely things did not do not look presently in my life the way I thought they were going to look when I first went into the waters of baptism. But uh, the peace, the joy, the completeness, the contentment is definitely there. Well, I definitely enjoy hearing you say that. And, and as you say that, too, one of the things that come into my mind is uh, Isaiah 57, 18 through 19. 
where it talks about uh, Jesus um, bringing peace to those far near. And he ends that statement with, and I will heal them. Do you feel like during this journey that there were portions of your life where you really understood that this is God healing you? Definitely. Um, lots of healing, lots of instruction, um, lots of carrying me along uh, so that I would have uh, the ability to learn more about how he loves me. In, in everything that you shared with us today, what is something that you want to leave our listeners with? I would say, in spite of yourself, God will always love you. He's never going to just drop you. And I know it's hard to remember that when you're going through the hard time, but it's true. Don't believe anything else. And always hope. Never give up hope that things will change. Well, thank you. What you ended with is quite profound. And, and with that, I'm like, I don't want to add anything else to it. God is our hope. And for our listeners, please go to our website to read more about Nicole's story and to get a little bit more specifics of things that she did in her journey to pursue peace. Nicole, thank you for this time. And I look forward to maybe having you back on the show. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Glad to be here. Thank you. Have a good rest of the day, my listeners.